Finance Minister Charles Sousa indicated that in his big voice that the ballpark numbers on the LCBO standalone marijuana shops, their price point was about 10 bucks a gram. $10 a gram, said the big voiced man. And because I don't know what it should be priced at, and Chris doesn't know, we got a guy for that. Mark Emery joins us on the line right now. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well. Mark, 10 bucks a gram, is that a good price? In the illegal market, it's not a bad price. You can get it cheaper. At my shop, we sold grams for about $7 to about $12 plus HSP. We don't know if the... Uh, proposed government monopoly will be adding the taxes on top of their proposed prices. But $10 is at the average. But that's in an illegal market. Right. Since there's no risk involved for the government to sell it and acquire it, it should be much, much less because uh, things don't go for $10 a gram in any legal market out of things that grow out of the ground. There's just nothing like that. That's the price of prohibition. So if marijuana is really legal, there should be no price of prohibition. Hmm. So this, the current street price or, you know, price in your store, what are you looking at ten for uh, a gram of marijuana? Well, if person, persons are buying from a dealer, like in mm-hmm. the old days, they're paying 150 to $200 an ounce in Toronto. Um, better material might be $220 an ounce. For those of us um, that are challenged not only uh, with weed but in the kitchen, how, much, how many grams in an ounce? Well, 27 and a half grams. Okay. So um, you're looking at, uh, you know, six to eight dollars a gram people would pay if they bought an ounce. If they bought it individually, like I say, it could be anywhere from eight to twelve dollars plus HSD at a dispensary, which already have like, you know, a much greater selection than the government is promising. And the government's only promising 140 shops by 2020. Mm. There's already several hundred shops in Toronto serving the demand today. And the demand is not being met. Toronto could easily handle 1,000 shops, and Ontario could easily really. Are you so? Are you telling me that people in those uh, those dispensaries around the city they're selling out of their weed? They can't keep it in stock. Like the well, demand is so high. I, I had the busiest marijuana shop in the world at 416 Church when I was running that till March until the police visited several times and and put us out of business. But I did 1,700 to 2,000 people a day half them from the neighborhood and half from outside the neighborhood. So you're talking 12,000 people a week, maybe 50,000 people a month coming to just one shop. So the demand is is people have really no idea because we've never been able to look at it out in the open transparently. But there could easily be, I would say, 800 to 1,000 shops in Toronto and 2,500 there should be across the province. But that's about right because alcohol is available in about 10,000 places across Ontario. If you factor in restaurants and venues and performance centers, retail outlets, all the different places where alcohol is dispensed is, you know, in the over 10,000. There are, you know, prevailing thoughts that when uh, marijuana is legalized for recreational use on by July 1st next year, that uh, actually the only people that are going to end up smoking pot are the people who have always smoked pot. What, what do you think? You think we're going to see well, all of know, a sudden I, grandmas going out yeah, to try yeah. a... That would be unfortunate, but that's one of the reasons why cannabis needs to be advertised, because we need to advertise it as a safer choice uh, against other things. So I would say I would immediately start buying billboards saying this is much safer than this and this and show prescription drugs and alcohol and encourage people to come on over from the dark side into 
what we have to offer, which we believe is better, safer, superior, and in a legal environment should be very cheap. Well, no, it's not. Mark, you know, offered. you say you have it to offer, but, you know, the government is going to take that away from, you know, everybody else. They're just going to make sure that you have to go to the standalone stores. Susan, the well, government are no looking... from the last 50 years. Yeah. It's been illegal for 50 years, so we're just keep doing what we're doing. Well, Susan, the government, they're looking to eliminate the black market with a 10 bucks a gram. Is that going to do it? Yeah. Well, the free market will undercut that, but it'll be much better, too. When you go into these proposed government stores, you can't even see the product. It's all behind uh, brandless packaging, so it'll be in boring packaging, hidden behind a counter. There'll be nothing to show. The staff won't have that. Won't let be me, let, just smoking it. Let me, play, let me play devil's advocate. Why do you need to, like, you know, if, if something tells me what this marijuana is going to do, why do I need to see it, touch it, feel it? For example, when my shop was open and we said to the world, this is what legalization does look like, you could uh, smell it. You, oh, we could bring the jar over to you. You could smell it. You could look at it. You could touch it. You could see it up close. You could use magnifying glasses. You could read our studies showing uh, what their uh, total assay in, is in terpenes and cannabinoids and various things. You could talk to the staff who would all tell you who smoked it, and they could give you a personal report. And then if you didn't like it, we could give you your money back. So it was a complete retail experience. The staff was knowledgeable. The product was presented intelligently and without any kind of shame, like the Ontario government is legalizing it, but they're still treating it as though it's some kind of shameful activity or shameful product, and we're all children that should be condescended to. Now, Mark, I said, you know, Susan, the government looking to eliminate the black market with the 10 bucks a gram. And I asked if it was going to do it. But a couple of seconds before that, you said, I'm not going to stop selling it. So clearly that's not going to do it. Uh, you're going to continue to sell even after. Well, uh, first of all, the government doesn't have a supply. And this is a critical problem because right now, uh, 96% of all marijuana in Canada is supplied by the free market or what some would call the black market. But it's the currently operating system we've had for 50 years. And only, you know, the, the licensed producers provide about 4% of the total marijuana in this country, just 4%. And these are the people that are expected to provide all these government stores that are going to be proposed or stores across Canada that have yet to open. There is no available supply for the government to buy really high-quality marijuana that isn't already committed to the marketplace. So they're not going to be able to get great marijuana at wholesale prices for the demand that they, they would normally get. So they're going to have a huge problem with supply. So they're really shooting they're, themselves in the foot without advertising because that is a way that they could have actually, you know, uh, got more business. Well, the government doesn't need to be in the marijuana business. They can just tax it and regulate it. They can let the free market do that because we're already vested. The free market already has paid for everything. We already have an industry. It's not like a new industry. It's an existing industry that's trying to be acknowledged and normalized. And that hasn't been done. Uh, legalization, the purpose of legalization is to take the people who are currently operating illegally and then recreate their status as to be legal, legitimate businessmen, growers, gardeners, sellers, et cetera, which we all want to be. And so we're all being kept in the same status we are now. And we've thrived with that status. So it's not like we're everybody's frightened. Well, you went to jail, though, for a while. I've been in 36 different prisons and jails yeah. for marijuana. Yes, 30 in this country. So how is that thriving, another, just out of curiosity? 
well, I'm an unusual case. Yeah, okay. I do it out of principle, but the the, mar- the judges don't want to send people to jail for marijuana anymore. They're tired of it. They've seen it for 50 years. They know it's futile and pointless, and they don't want to do it anymore. And that's our big ace in the hole, is that the punishments are going to continue to get diminished no matter what the government says, because judges just do not want to put pot people in jail. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, well, we heard that yesterday that, you know, if you're under the age of 19, I think it's 12, 14 to 19, and you're caught with, you know, five grams you are not going to get a, a criminal uh, record. I want to just ask you this uh, finally, Mark, because before I let you go, Ontario has also said that they're looking at a gross taxation revenue from pot range in the range of about $100 million. Do you think that is uh, conservative? Well, when I had my shop and we collected the HST in that three-month period, uh, we collected about $430,000 from one shop. So you could extrapolate that a very popular shop like mm-hmm. mine in the current environment would have probably paid the government two million alone so would there be 50 shops in this country that could do that oh without question and if they'd have let me run them i'd have that money for so them. mark you but gave the government hst cost, it, oh yes and they accepted everything. it even though you're in, you're in a they they call you an illegal uh dispensary of course they accepted. so they were happy like to take we your money our, and we had our marijuana all tested, too, by professional labs for every possible thing. So all these things that when they say, oh, we need the government to do this and make it safe or to make dick taxes, that's not true. All, all real business people want to participate in those things to be regarded as normal. Yeah, it's unfortunate, though, that it doesn't get you any credit because, of course, I was raided. Um, even after paying these fabulous taxes, you know, the, there's no respect offered in return. Mm-hmm. We tried to call Cannabis Culture to get a hold of you today in Queen West, and we were told that you have nothing to do with that business anymore as well. well yes, well, we were ordered to get out of the, mm-hmm. the dispensary business. I'm not allowed in one or to have one. Uh, so, And this is a problem, too, because it's people like me that the consumer really wants to buy from. That's why I had the busiest shop in the world, because people trust me. I've been at this for 30 years. I know the industry in and out, and I care about our people. The difference between a government of Ontario monopoly store is that those people are loyal to the government and their union. But in our stores, our people are loyal to the culture, even the employer. Do you think you're going to lose we, those people that are loyal to the culture, though? Like, will they oh, no, go and work don't. and work at the unionized shop just so they could have benefits and such? No, they're not going to do that because they realize it'd be different if the government was competing with everybody else. If Shopless Drug Mart was allowed to sell it and I was allowed to sell it and anybody else could have a store to sell it. And the government wanted to have shops, too, to make sure that there is a shop somewhere in these remote places in Canada. I would be all for that. That's mm-hmm. a lot different. But they're taking the money from our people who will shop at those uh, government stores, and then they use that money with, to buy, you know, to guns and violence and use police so, to put us out of business. Very quickly, so Mark, because I know I've tried to wrap it up, but I always find it interesting talking to you about this. So uh, how are people going to be able to get uh, distillery pot? Like, if, if they're closing them down, uh, you know, and they're you say there's still a market... Yet. Are we just going to see more people going underground and going to somebody's basement again? You'll see what you see now. You'll see judges don't want to put people right. in jail for pot, and therefore the risk is low, and people will continue to do it to supply a very hot market. Well, Mark, it's always uh, interesting talking to you. I appreciate you call, you uh, you know coming on the show because I tell you, we could not get one person from uh, one of those dispensaries on today, and I went, just call Mark. We got a guy. <laughs> all right. Yes, so you can call me anytime. All right. Have a great day, Mark. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.